it's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Let's just uh, close our eyes for a moment. Father God, um, just really sense that your desire today is not just to hear a great message because you know it already, but Lord, that you want to just touch our lives. And I'm going to invite you right now. Um, just fill us afresh. There's people here who are just thirsty and hungry for your presence. There's people here just need your love just restored in them. And, uh, and, and others... Which, in this place, just want to shout out and engage with you again and just tell you how wonderful you are. Yahweh, God with us, the great I am, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We come here, we worship you. Spirit of God, just touch lives right now. You're worthy. We just want to shout out together what a wonderful God you are. You are awesome. You are worthy. You are glorious. And we love you, Father God. And just, uh, yeah, Give you all honour today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sit down. Hey, I, I'm, this is my last time for a little while, I think. Um, and I've had fun. I've, I've actually, this has been really good for me. Um, so it's good. So thank you for allowing us to come and be part of you. Well, I've been doing a little bit of a mini-series, which you didn't know about. But last week I talked about Know Your Assignment. And this week I want to continue that. So this is Know Your Assignment Part 2. Because I actually reckon and I believe that each one of us has an assignment. God has an appointed assignment on your life. And if you're not a believer, I want to tell you, God has an appointed assignment on your life. You may not know it yet, but I tell you, there's a king and there's a God and there's a creator who says, I have you on earth for a purpose and a reason. And he wants us to step into that purpose and reason. It's an assignment. And when you know your assignment, your life will change. I quoted the scripture last week and I'll quote it again from, whoops, that fell down. It goes, it says this in Acts 20, 24, the great apostle Paul, who says this. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. You see, our value and our worth and our reason for living has to be bigger than just having fun. I went fishing yesterday. It was great, 40 k's off Garden Island. And I was sitting out there in the boat, not catching anything. And I thought, there's got to be more to life than this. But we did pull in a pinky, but it was too small, so we had to throw it over. But what I tell you, you are here for more than that. You are here for more than just earning money every day and, and enjoying the great entertainment that we're allowed to enjoy in this country. You have a purpose. And when you discover your assignment, all of a sudden, you go from nothing to being valuable. Your value is found in the discovering the reason why you're supposed to be here. And I want to suggest to you today as we go through this little journey that in finding our assignment, it's important that we understand 
that there is an assassin against your assignment. In fact, someone has been assigned to be your assassin for your assignment. Get that, right? There's an assassin that's been assigned for your assignment. And it wants to take your assignment out. Why? Because your assignment is important and it's valuable. And today I want to have a look at what is the assassin that has come against your assignment. Now, I'm, I used to work in retail for many years and I think I suffer from a disorder. You might say, yes, we've noticed that, Steve. But this particular <laughs> disorder is called post, post-traumatic retail disorder. And I'm looking, does anyone else suffer from that? Because if so, I'm starting a little self-help group that I'd like to get together and we can all talk about this fear of walking. See, I, I, I used to have to be at Kmart and those were the days when we had red light specials. Do you remember the red light specials? A little trolley with a red light and we used to move it around and, uh, and I used to get the, because uh, I was the manager, so I used to get the, new, the newest staff member, junior, I could find and put on there. And then we would call a ridiculous price and just watch everybody crowd over this poor guy. It was really cruel. But so my wife says to me one day, Steve, I have an assignment for you. Well, she didn't say it in those words. She was cooking. And she said, I need some, I need some Asian curry paste thing, right? She said, would you go to the shop and buy it for me? I said, not a problem, good husband. I will do that. I want to go straight in there. I want to find this Asian paste stuff and uh, get home. Oh, and while you're there, would you like to pick up a capsicum and a, uh, and a woman and a cucumber as well? And we probably need some more milk. And, and, oh, can you get some bread? Okay, well, we went from curry paste. Now, this is going to be a little bit bigger assignment than I thought. So I said, no worries, I can do that. She said, would you like to write it down? I said, no, 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 I've got my shopping list on my hands, right? Five things, if I remember, five things, I'm doing good. So I walk into the shop. I've got my five, five things in my hand. And I walk into Woolworths in Les Murdy. And I'm going, right. First of all, ah, capsicums, that's in the, vi- I can get that. So I've got the capsicums, not a problem. And, uh, and then I met somebody. Like I knew. And we started talking and talking and talking and then talking some more. And then I realised I better get back to the job at hand. And hence, I couldn't remember those other four things. So I walked around the shop thinking something will prompt, right? So I'm walking around the shop and I'm, ah, milk. Well, milk is on the other side of the shop, right? So I walk across to the other side of the shop. I pick up the milk. Now, I don't have a trolley or anything because that's... Not cool. So I've got it under my arm. Right, that was two. Uh, I've got the cucumber. Capsicum, that's right. So I go back over the other side to get the capsicum. Then I've got the capsicum and, oh, that's right. The first thing was the curry paste. So I go and curry tie, I think it was. That must be Asian. So that would be in the Asian section. And I'm walking up and down. I must have walked about 10 miles looking for the Asian paste. And then I found out that they didn't have it anyway. So I had to ring up my wife and say, what else do I get? And then once I got that, I walked over. Oh, bread, that's on that side. And then, oh, that's right. What else did I have to get? There was something else. Man, it was stressful. I got the stuff. I got home and I'm Walked in the front door thinking, I hope I got all the right things. I put it down and uh, I passed. Oh, that was so good. You see, that was a stressful assignment for me. But I met a friend. 
who I shared this story with, he was a pastor friend, and he said to me, oh, Steve, I love shopping. I said, you do? I said, yeah, I love it. He said, I go shopping. But he said, this is what you're going to do. He said, when you get the list, you need to write it down. I said, no, 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 don't write it down. I've got it in my hand. No, no, you write it down. And then you get a map out of the shop. So you work out where everything is, right? And you should know where the shop is, Steve. And, And then what you do is you put it in order so that you just do the one lab. Now, Steve, be careful because they always put milk at the furthest side and they put the chocolates to distract you at the front, right? So don't go past the chocolates. And I also encourage you, Steve, when you go shopping, go to an area where you know nobody. Otherwise, you will get distracted, right? So he's got this great plan. And so, so you walk around and you get this and you get that and you mapped it all out. And then I also suggest, Steve, that you go to the self-checkout. I said, oh, yeah, I do that anyway. I said, no, no, you've got to do that because, you see, if you don't, you'll probably go to a checkout girl who will start talking to you and you'll get distracted. And you might have one of those those experiences that Bill Johnson talks about where the person wants prayer and you end up praying for them and they get healed and all these people turn up at the checkout. You don't want them to do that, right? Because you've got to get home. You're on assignment. You've got a job to do. I said, man, said, you need help. I said, I'm talking serious help. Like I'm talking $150 an hour help, right? You, and tapless maybe. You, you're saying wrong with you, man. But you see, the truth is, that you and I have been given an assignment that has been purposely designed for you. You see, maybe I'm not an administrator, true, and I don't like mapping stuff out. I just want to go in, get the job done, and get out of there, right? But there's a purpose and there's a plan and there's an assignment that has been put in your life for you. And this is how you'll know your assignment, because you'll enjoy it. You see, God has given you an assignment that's designed for you from the beginning of time. And he wants you to have it. And that's what's going to give you your value. But just like my friend said, there are things that get in the way that would want to try and stop us from getting our assignment done. And Jesus was the greatest example of that. And I want to take you to a story in the scripture where Jesus has his assignment and he faces his assassin so that he can fulfill his assignment. You see, sometimes we run away from those things that might stop us, but Jesus purposely went into the wilderness to face the assassin that was trying to take away his assignment so he could become stronger to fulfill the assignment. And he established his ground to do that. So I'm going to take you to the story in... um, Where are we? We're going to go to... uh, I did have it. Oh, here we go. We're going to go to Luke 4. If you want to open up your scriptures, that would be great. Luke 4. Let me give you some background. Jesus is being born. You know that. That happened at Christmas, right? And he comes and he's born in a, in a possibly not quite how we see it in the scripture. Sometimes well, we see it. If you read it in the scripture, you'll see a different picture to what we talk about at Christmas generally. It was a pretty harsh place at that time. So Jesus is born. His assignment is shouted out into the heavenly realms through the angels, right? This is my son. This is my child. This is going to be the comforter, the counselor. He's here. 
right? So there's a, the angels come along and tell everybody what this little baby's assignment was. You find for 30 years, Jesus is quite anonymous. He's not being made, a, there's not a lot written about him except for a couple of things. The first one was when he's actually in the, uh, he's actually at the temple and he's sitting there with all the, the priests and the, the teachers and he's having a conversation. His mum and dad have left him at this stage and uh, they've thought he was with the crew going back to hometown. Um, but they realised that Jesus was missing, so they were running back to him and they said, Jesus, what are you doing? We're, we are freaking out. We thought you were with us and now we had to turn away and come back. Some of you have probably done that with your kids. I have. I've left my kids at church um, and realised that I'm home and they're still at church. Um, not a good thing to do, especially when you're a pastor. So I, so Jesus is there. He's talking to these teachers and he's talking to these, these religious people. And mum says, mate, what were you doing? And this is what Jesus says to him. He says, I was about my father's business. The word there for business means concerns. I was about my father's concerns. I was doing the things that I was actually supposed to be here for. Jesus knew his assignment. And then you find out later on where it actually says, and just after that it says, and Jesus grew in stature and in, in, in favour with God and man. He was growing and developing for his assignment. He then comes along and we find... Fast track to when he's 30, he's now been through rabbi school, he's done all the things required and he comes to his time of baptism and he gets baptised by John and then we hear the choir from heaven, the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes like a dove, the Father says, this is my son, assignment has now been ready to take off, we're about to start the assignment, the next three years are going to be really important. And what does Jesus do? He ends up going into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days. I've done a 21-day fast and it nearly killed me. 40 days, you'll be pretty hungry. He is in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, here's an interesting thing here. He was by himself and yet it was recorded in the Gospels. That tells me that Jesus must have sat down with his disciples and told them what happened in that wilderness. And if he told his disciples what happened in that wilderness, he wants us to know. He wants us to know the detail and he wants us to learn from it. And so today we're going to try and learn what happened. So he goes into the wilderness and he has this encounter with the devil himself. He has an encounter with his opposition. He has the encounter with the one that's come to stop this assignment happening because if Jesus goes through with this, he's going to die, he's going to rise again, and you and I are going to come to church on Sundays worshipping God. And the devil doesn't want that. So he's going to take Jesus out. And this is what he does. He attacks him in three areas. One, his identity. Secondly, he attacks him with his authority. And then he tries to distract him from his mission. And let me show you how this happens, because we can learn from this. And we learn from it because it says, first of all, Jesus purposely faced his assassin. He purposely faced this. We shouldn't run from it, but we need to grow through it and take our authority in it. So here we go. He starts off with the first one. It says, chapter 4, uh, four verse 1 of Luke. 
And Luke records it this way. He says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. Interesting. Jesus, who's one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, is full of the Holy Spirit. I wonder why Jesus was saying, I, one with God, the Trinity, I am full of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, as we go into the wilderness, as we go into life, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not just out there. He wants to fill us. We want to be full with the Holy Spirit, not half full. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, take over. I need to be completely full because there's an assignment that only I can do with the Holy Spirit who actually fills me up. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he went from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. This wasn't just a one-off day. This was a 40-day experience. Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry, understatement. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. If you are the Son of God, of God. If you are identity theft in our country costs us 1.6 billion dollars a year. And our identity is worth money to other people. But I want to suggest to you there's a greater identity theft that goes on and it's the one that happens in our heads. You see, Jesus was being challenged with who he was, his identity. Are you really the Son of God? Come on, prove it to me. He was trying to question his identity. And one of the, the, the greatest things against our assignment, because if I can take away your identity, I can take away your assignment. And so your, your identity, knowing who you are, is important. And you are more than just your name. You are more than your employment. You are more than where you live. You are more than what you own. You are more than that. Because if that's all you was, you wouldn't feel the assignment God has given you. Your, your identity is found in Jesus Christ himself. We need to know what our identity is. You know, so often we say these things and you probably hear it in your head all the time. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Uh, I, I've, I've messed up. I'm not really that spiritual. I, I can't tell somebody um, that they're important. I, I can't. I, 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 I. You see, your identity can't be stuck in the I. Your identity has to go to who, who you are. You see, I gets in the way all the time. But who are you? You see, you are a child of the living God. The Bible tells me that. The Bible tells me that you, you are one with the Father. You know, I, I, as you know, I was a pastor at Calamunda Church of Christ for a long, long time. And uh, um, too long. And they, um, some people think. So I, um, I, when, I, when I first got up there, I used to live in Kelmscott. And Kelmscott and Calamunda, there was a backtrack through Canning Mills Road. Beautiful track. It was, actually used to be gravel. It was a lot more fun. Um, and... Uh, I used to drive home after preaching Sunday morning. And on the way home, you didn't have to tell me how bad I was, okay? I had my own voices telling me how bad I was. 
You didn't have to tell me how good I was because the voices inside me telling me how bad I was would overcome it anyway. And I would drive home going, oh, you silly person, you idiot, why did you say that? You went too long, you, you made that stupid comment, oh, what did that person think? And all the time, I'm beating myself up on the way home. Until one day, I was down Canning Mills Road, there's a little spot I used to stop and pray quite often. And as I'm driving down little Canning Mills Road there, I all of a sudden stopped the car and his voice came to me in my head. And it said, in a very stern voice, how dare you talk to my child like that? I went, woo, 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 get out of the car. I went, I go for a walk. Um, and it was suddenly hit me. I'm a child of God. And I'm talking to a child of God with those words. And my father in heaven is saying, protecting me from that. And he's saying, that's my boy. I love my boy. He was obedient today. You just stop telling my boy he's no good because I'm telling him he's good. He's my son and I love him and I've made him good. You see, we need to know who you are because if you don't know who you are, you'll struggle to do your assignment. I love the, uh, that uh, um, uh, there was a, a thing I was reading one day and it said, Listen to the voices that are talking to you. And generally, if you stop for a moment and you listen to your voices in your head, sometimes they're not great. And when you're feeling down, or when you're feeling like you've failed, when you're feeling like, stop talking to yourself. And imagine you're talking to someone else. So if someone else was feeling like you're feeling right now, if someone else was, had just gone through a bad father or a breakup in a relationship and they're feeling down, by, feeling down about themselves, what would you say to them? Hmm, good point. I probably wouldn't be speaking like I'm speaking to myself. I'd speak differently. I'd say, you know what, it's okay, you'll get over this. It's okay, you're a child of God. It's okay, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And I would probably speak positive to them, wouldn't I? If you had somebody in this room here who was going through a tough time, you would probably try and encourage them. But when you go through a tough time, you don't encourage yourself. So I thought, here's a good idea. Try this at home, but just make sure no one's around. When, next time you're in the bathroom, shut the door, right? Look at the mirror, right? And as you're looking at the mirror and you're feeling down, let the mirror talk to you. And just imagine that that mirror is somebody else that you're seeing in the mirror. Talk to them as though you would talk to them as somebody else. Now, if you do it loud, just make sure that there's no one standing outside. Because they might say, who's in there with you? And you'll say, nobody, that's actually worse. Because that means you're talking to yourself. But we don't do that enough. We need to take the words of God, the words about you, and have them spoken to us to build us up again. Because you are more than the negative stuff that the devil would like to put into your mind that will take you off your assignment. You are a child of God. You have been appointed for this time. You have an assignment. You have everything is required to fulfill that assignment. He will protect you. He will look after you. He will supply every one of your needs. They are promises that we have and they are words 
from him. They're not just out of the Bible. They are words from him for you so that you can fulfill the assignment he's got for you on this earth. Do not let the devil steal our identity. As a gathering together, as the church gathered together, make sure that we don't let the enemy take away the identity of this particular body of people. Because if you do, you'll miss your assignment. There's an assignment on this gathering. It's special to elevate church. You have an assignment that's here. Don't listen to the enemy start telling you what you're not. Listen to God tell you what you are. Know your identity. Second thing I find is this. This is interesting. Verse 4. But Jesus told him, no scripture. This says, no. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone. I find this kind of interesting. You see, the devil comes along and says, if you're the son of God, identity theft, Jesus' response is this. He changes the focus. Man shall not live on bread alone. He didn't focus on if you're the child of God or the son of God. He focuses on man shall not live on bread alone. In other words, move our focus away from who you think you're not and move your focus onto what we're supposed to be doing. Change the focus. Don't stare at me. Stare at what God is going to provide for me. And then we go on to the second identity, the second assassin. It's this one here. It says, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give and anyone to give to anyone I please. I will give it to you if you want, if you will worship me. Then Jesus replied, the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil came along with a false authority. One of the challenges is a false authority. Authority is not just power. We think authority is about rule, and it is. And it's about who, who has the last say, and it is. But the word actually means more than that. It means provision as well. I have the ability and the authority to fulfill this because God has supplied everything for me. And we need to be careful that we don't allow the enemy, we don't allow ourselves, we don't allow this world to tell you that you don't have any authority or position or provision to do what God has called you to do. You see, he says, I can give this authority to you. And, the devil, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that because I'm going to worship God. In other words, my authority and everything I have comes from my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's who I am. That's, that's why I can do the things he's called, to me, called me to do. Remember the scripture says in Ephesians that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and authorities. Those authorities that, want to, that are going to take us down because it will say to us, you can't do this. See, my authority is not found in other things. My authority is found in my relationship with God. And the enemy would want to try and take that away from the church. The church has great authority. And it's found in worshipping God, not worshipping others. I want to suggest you the last one. I'm going to go straight on to 
Whoa, here we go. That clock is... Um, Wow, I missed that one. So, the last thing, this is a really important one. The last thing that happens to Jesus when he's out in that desert, so he's had his identity has been tried to be stolen. He's had his authority tried to shift from who he is in his relationship with God because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto you. So therefore go. You have been given authority by the Father God and that's why we worship him. And the last one is this, you go on to, then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the Son of God, again, identity, jump off. For the Scripture says he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But Jesus' response says, the Scripture says you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity. You see, he was trying to distract him. What about we play a game here? Prove it, let's jump off this tower and nothing will happen to you. And Jesus says, don't test me. I don't need to be tested. I already am confident in who I am. I'm confident in my authority. Do not distract me. Many years ago, we were, um, I was working, this is a long time ago now, I was working um, for, uh, in retail for Coles Meyer as a manager or one of the Kmarts. And, we, um, and I really felt God put a call on my life to go and work for Youth for Christ. Now, Youth for Christ is an interesting organisation. I love it. Um, and we did some amazing things there. But you don't get paid. So you have to wait. You have to trust God to supply your income. That was pretty scary for a young couple who've just bought a house and uh, had two children at that stage. But we decided that we would do that. So we stepped out. Well, my bosses found out about it. And they came and sat with me and I said, why are you resigning, Steve? I said, I'm resigning because I'm going to go and work for an organisation called Youth for Christ. What are they going to pay you? I said, nothing. And they said, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And they said, look, I'll tell you what we'll do. We will give you a supervisory job. In fact, we'll give you the supervisor um, and we'll park you over in Melbourne and you can supervise all the retail managers um, overseeing the, the shoe department, which was a, a, a um, licensee part. You can do that. And I said, look, I'm sorry. It sounds really good. We'll double your wage. It sounds really good. But I'm sorry, I can't. And I remember that very clearly because you see, most people, who step into an assignment or some sort of step of faith with God. Maybe God's calling you to, to into ministry or maybe he's calling you into leadership and someone else comes and offers you something that looks better. It's a distraction. And I think, that, I think God allows those distractions to happen, to test us, to see if we are prepared to really trust in Father God himself. Jesus was... The assassin was to distract him, but he overcame that distraction. A guy by the name of uh, Henry, um, many of you would remember him. Um, He was a Catholic priest, Henry Nguyen, Catholic priest, a great writer, a great theologian, and he was a psychologist. He used to lecture um, at some of the top universities around the world. And he, he was writing many, many books, and people loved to hear him speak and preach. And this is what he says. 
He says, after a while, he, he honestly felt sick inside. He said, I was pretty good. He felt sick inside whenever he went to work and when he did these things. He said, something was missing. And this is the comment he made. He says, I was pretty good on the stage, but not really always that good in my heart. I started to wonder if my career had got in the way of my vocation. He prayed that God would guide him to where he should be. Here's a man that you would think had made it. Here's a man who's respected across the world. Here's a man that we're still reading his books today. And yet he said, I suddenly had this challenge. Had something got in the way from what I'd really been called to do? And he ended up looking after a disabled young man and that became his call of life. He parked everything else and he just started caring for this other man who, was, who had a disability. And he, he found a joy in that. He thought, that is my real assignment. And I want to ask you a question today as we finish up. Is God got an assignment on your life? And if so... Know this, he first wants you to overcome the temptation that goes in our heads that says you are nothing, that your identity has been stolen. The second thing that he will want you to do is he wants you to put the authority of who he is back over your life, not the authorities that others would want to put over your life. And the third thing is this, the distractions that would want to try and take us away the distractions of fame or fortune, the distractions of, of even health or, or our lack mustn't get in the way of God's calling upon our lives because he's got an assignment set for you. Can you stand with me? Father God, we just want to ask right now that you would just speak into our lives. And I'm going to ask each one of you just to say, Father God, and this is a scary prayer, but I'm going to ask you to pray it as I pray it for my life. God, would you reveal to me again that assignment that you have on my life? Would you help me push back the distractions? Would you help me push back those, those things that, that I think of myself, the inabilities, or push those to one side and help me hear your voice? Help me hear that prompting in my spirit, the reason why you have me here on earth. What's that assignment? Maybe that assignment is to do ministry somewhere. Maybe that assignment is just to minister in your own workplace and to be the person that would make a difference in your workplace. Maybe that assignment is to pray for others. Maybe that assignment is simply to, to start to caring and, and, and loving those in your neighbourhood. We have a whole world, church. We have a whole world that is desperately requiring the church, that's you and me, to rise up in the assignment of the kingdom of God in this world. Because God's plan is to spread His church with the assignment to bring the kingdom of God into the lives of others. And He's got that assignment over your life. And would you ask now, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak? And tell me and show me again. And Father, I want to ask now by your Spirit that you will speak into our lives and you would reveal to us again 
who we are in Christ Jesus. When you look at us, you don't look at Steve Hall, you see Jesus Christ. When you look at us, you don't see um, who we are or who we've been, but when we give our life to you, you see us, Jesus Christ. You see us as your child. You see us as the one that you have planted here for a purpose. And we come to you, Father God, and we say, would we hear your identity again on us? We are a new creation. We are a new people. We are those that have been born again into your family. And we say, Father God, would we hear again? Break the enemy's lies. We are children of the living God. Father, I want to pray too for those that uh, I'm going to ask now the authority of heaven would be planted upon our assignment. The authority of heaven that gives us what we need. The authority of heaven that gives us the gifts that are required. The authority of heaven that will release us into new places. I pray that over our lives right now in the name of Jesus. And so I say, Father, would you keep us focused, not distracted, would we starve our distraction and feed our focus, which is you? I pray this in your powerful name. Holy Spirit, move in this place. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.